Hello and welcome to Restore 2022. I think this is our 12th or 11th. Oh, I've lost count. Okay. Um, well, this is our 11th podcast. This is our 12th podcast. And then I can edit it. Um, and I'm here with my friend Peter Turnill. Hi, Pete. Hello. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good week? Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's been, yeah. Have you enjoyed the judges, reading through the book of judges? Yes, I have, yeah. Pretty eye-opening at, at times, but yeah, it's all good. Lots to think about. Yes, so I think we're going to do a, a quick summary of the things that we've seen this week afresh, things that are really striking as we go through some of the judges. Uh, we had a, a prior conversation to this and uh, we I, I mentioned to Pete in passing yesterday that I think there are 12 judges. And so you've gone back, you've done your homework as a very good scholar. And um, you, you, you're happy to run us through some of the the judges so we get an idea. And also, I think it will be good to have a, a summary of the role of the judges so then we can talk about um, and contrasts then of, of what have we found fascinating and then probably give our own insight of what we've experienced afresh this time. And I think we're going to finally stop with um, Samson. Yeah, and, and really that's where it begins as well because... I know that you know you uh, in in covering all the chapters on Samson for um, for the videos. I think you've sort of been struck afresh by his uh, his character and the extraordinary things he does. I think struck afresh is very generous. But yeah. <laughs> so in some ways, so that, that that got me thinking. I thought, well, he is obviously. Uh, a real wild man but what is it about the judges what is their central role what makes them um similar what was their remit yeah so i went back through all of them and just made some very basic notes on who they were and what their enemies were and the sort of things they did just to see um just to see the differences really and and try and figure them out so i'm yeah. going to run through them uh quickly Great. as i can so the first one in, uh, in chapter 3, verse 7 to 11, is Othniel. And he is not an Israelite. He's from the, uh, he's a Kenizzite from the tribe of Kenaz. He's the nephew of Caleb. Uh, his enemy is Kushan Rishai, uh, sorry, hang on, let me get this right, Rishathaim um, of Aram Naharaim. And there's a very... Powerful. Yeah. There's a very short summary for him. It mentions that the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And that's quite a rare phrase. You assume that that happens for all the judges, but actually it's quite a rare phrase. So there it is for Othniel. Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And basically he leads Israel to war. So the picture, so his role of being a judge is he rallies everybody and together they defeat um, Aram Naharaim. So the next one is Ehud. Um, he's a Benjamite, so he is an Israelite. The next enemy is Moab. The ruler is Eglon. Um, the very vivid and um, interesting story of where he assassinates Eglon. And then at the end of it, he 
again, rallies Israel and they all go off to war and massacre. So basically he's the same as Othniel. He's a, he's a rallier, except we get this story of assassination at the front. Third one is Shamgar. Again, very little uh, said about him. Likely he is also not an Israelite, possibly a Hurrian uh, mercenary from the north. The enemy this time is the Philistines. And Yeah, and they feature quite a bit in Judges, don't they? They do, yeah. Um, so we'll get them later, especially with Samson. So these three uh, first ones, Othniel... Ehud and Shamgar seem to be quite exemplary. There's nothing really wrong with them. Um, they... It's a good start off, yeah. in, in one sense, to fulfill their role and what, what their, yeah. So if you just took these three, you'd have the idea that a judge was a, simply a military leader, didn't have to be Israelite. In fact, two out of three aren't. And all they do is rally Israel's tribes and massacre the enemies. When it comes to Deborah, who's number four, Deborah and Barak, they both um, really fulfil the the judge role. This is not Deborah Meaden, is it? No. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I suppose Deborah, she is the subject of the verb judging, so she's sort of the primary judge figure. I think she's more curious because she doesn't actually do the fighting, but she is. Um, she gives the oracle, so she tells Barak, the leader of the um, of the armies, th- to go to war, that he will be successful, and also a few details like when to start fighting and what positions and, and that kind so of thing. So it's a strategy. Yeah, she's giving the divine quite close, instead of just normally you'd ask a priest, am I going to win? And he'd say yes or no. She's giving much more detailed inf- uh, information about how to conduct the battle. It's a bit more like Moses where he stands there and has his arms aloft and it's a bit more like that. So she's not fighting, but she's closely involved. But she's also a prophetess. And that's an unusual thing for a judge. There are no others in this list who are prophets. Uh, It's only Samuel, who um, is not in the book of Judges, but is the last judge, who is also a prophet as well. And he also has priestly duties. He's very multi-role. Um, so Deborah is is the first judge that we actually see any kind of leadership going on. She's the one sitting under her tree, which is where you would dispense, you'd settle cases, people would come to you for the, for judicial decisions, and she would use her prophetic abilities to decide for them. So she really is ruling in a way that we haven't seen so far. <laughs> Jael isn't a judge, she's a non-Israelite, and her story is there. I guess it's just quite interesting that she kills Sisera, but really the army's defeated by Barak under the guidance of uh, Deborah. So um, Jael's not a judge, Um, she's just interesting. Gideon is now uh, possibly even more interesting, because Gideon, he... um, He's commissioned directly. We don't get a commissioning for the other ones. The closest one we've got is Othniel when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. But actually, with Gideon, the angel of the Lord meets him and directly says, I commission you. I'm sending you off. Uh, Go and do, uh, go and deliver my people. But there's a lot more to it than that. First of all, um, Gideon brings an offering and the angel um, does something miraculous with it. 
And then a bit uh, shortly after that, he the first thing he tells Gideon to do is not fight, but to reform. So he cuts down, he breaks down the um, altar for Baal, and then mm. he cuts down the Asherah pole. And that yeah. this is where he gets his nickname, um, Jerubabal. Jerubal, sorry, it's difficult to get that out. Anyway, one who contends with Baal, yeah. uh, one who quarrels with Baal, something like that. So, and then also, for the second time only, you get the phrase, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. So we haven't had that since Othniel at the beginning. So Gideon is special, and then he goes off and does a great deal of fighting, and he rallies some of the tribes, not all of them, and um, they defeat the Midianites. So Gideon is, yeah, he, but we don't get any sense of prophecy and we don't see him doing any ruling. In fact, one of the special things about Gideon is that they try to make him into a king and he rejects it. And he says, no, God will be your king. So unlike any of the other judges before him or after him, he's also a reformer. So none of the judges seem to be particularly responsible for the, um, say, the, the, the moral or cultic life of Israel. I mean, you could assume that Deborah will have been um, dispensing the word of the Lord as, as a uh, prophetess in giving her judgments. And, um, but you don't get any sense of her being a reformer. She doesn't, it, it's not said of her that, you know, cut down the Asherah poles. Yeah. So Gideon does that. Um, Abimelech, I don't think he's a judge, so I'm going to skip over him. He was a bad egg anyway, but he did want to be king and um, made himself out to be king. The Lord is involved in his story, but only to spread discord between him and his um, elite sponsors from Shechem. And they end up destroying each other. As um, Actually, I suppose he... He's in Jotham's prophetic parable. Um, so the Lord is not for this, this Abimelech. Yeah. Then um, we're heading towards Jephthah, but before him we get these two guys, and after him we get another three. Um, they're called the Minor Judges. Um, they appear to be all Israelites, and we don't know who their enemies are, yeah. and we don't know what they achieved. We can only assume that they were warriors, and we don't know if they had any reforming or if they did any leading or any prophecy, anything like that. There's very little information there. Yeah. Um, a few sentences. So we focus on Jeff the next. Who also, how, how do you pronounce it properly? Um, it's uh, Jeff Tach. It does say for him, he's the third person that um, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he's interesting because he, of course, he's a warrior. He's not a prophet. He's not a reformer, doesn't really lead Israel in that sense. And he, um, but he does recount Israel's history, his sacred history, um, to the Ammonite king. Um, and then he, he only judges for six years. And of course, he had the ridiculous tragedy um, with his daughter. And then after him, uh, the three minor judges, and then we're on to Samson. So all that to say that they are a real mixed bag. And the only thing that seems to really unite them is that there is some element of war with their oppressors. And um, sometimes 
that is just, they rally the rest of the tribe. Sometimes in, in Deborah's case, they sort of conduct the war, but don't actually fight it. But yeah, there's no, well, well, anyway, there's no reforming, there's no leading, that sort of thing. That's not, that doesn't seem to be a, a, a feature of what it means to be a judge. So Samson is a bit unusual when he turns up because, well, first of all, he's got an Annunciation story that marks him out yeah. immediately as special. His mother is barren, an angel comes to reverse it. That automatically tells you this is going to be someone big. His connection to the law and to his God-guided mission in life is obviously his hmm. commitment to living as a Nazarite, uh, something he takes from his mother who, who has to abstain from alcohol and obviously not cut his hair. And um, But he is a one-man army. He doesn't rally all the tribes of Israel. They don't follow him as a leader. So as a judge, he's just a deliverer. He doesn't have any... Uh, he's, he's not a reformer. In fact, as we were talking beforehand, it's quite difficult to get much of a sense of his spiritual life. I mean, you don't really much with the others either, apart from maybe Deborah and Gideon. But Samson's a bit of a wild man. And he definitely operates on his own. Uh, yeah, did you want to say something now about how you found <coughs> Samson from your study of him? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think that my initial question is why have we got four chapters dedicated to such a dodgy character? And probably it came across, it came across as I was um, doing the videos as well, but... I think for me, it's it's highlighted in one sense how far can one person go without caring about God. And although Samson's name, although Samson's is, is mentioned in the book of Hebrews, the whole of faith, I think there's elements of them that just think, wow, um, so, so I think I, I said it um, in a few places this week that for me, it's, it's, it's obvious that for some of these guys, but for more so for Samson, is that he took God for granted and is really stuck with me uh, this week. And then the other thing was that, um, which again is, is fascinating is that um, what an opportunity and what a potential that he had and he just wasted that opportunity and potential. And um, I was reading an article somewhere else uh, this week saying that if we wanted to look at somebody who has fulfilled the Nazarites' way of living you look at john the baptist mm. and what were john the baptist's words all that i may become smaller and that he may become greater whereas actually for samson that was totally the opposite mm. yeah. and he was so arrogant and so um yeah reckless reckless that's I, the word I, I was thinking of. yeah i was using i use that so reckless about it that he he didn't care. Hmm. 
or it comes across from those four chapters as if he didn't care because I need to be very careful how I phrase that. But but I think it's made me think a little bit about leadership this week and what does that look like in the light of being under the leadership and the lordship of Christ. Because again, we're New Testament believers in that sense. So, uh, so, so it's made me think a, a lot about that because you look at Samson and it's very easy to say, oh, Samson is a very bad guy. And, and But then you think, oh, but is there anywhere in my life that I take God for granted? Mm. Is there anywhere that I actually am not living to the full potential that God has? Because it can be slippery slope. And if the other thing that I've been struck by Samson is that for us, we are very surprised and shocked at how powerful and mighty Samson was. And did he misuse that ability? And I'm just also thinking that what are the ways that in the Western culture we show power these days, even in, in Christian leadership? And is that being useful or is that being um, badly used mm. for, for selfish reasons? Mm. You know, how we're using our intellect, how we're using our possessions, how we're using our knowledge and our expertise and stuff. Um, so I, I think that's what I've been dwelling on. And more so, um, I, if I'm honest, I have enjoyed, li- well, enjoyed this very generous word, but I've enjoyed coming back to Judges, but I think the, the the character that has remained with me the whole week, even as I've prepared for it, has been definitely something. Mm. I think it's shown me as well how much I, not just with Samson, but with all these leaders, how much Moses really meant to the history of Israel, because Moses, when you compare all these different kinds of judges and um, the different roles that they uh, played. He he had it all. He was um, <laughs> he was a priest. He was a lawgiver. He was a warrior. Um, he he judged and governed and instructed. Um, he interceded. Um, I mean, you name it, he did it. Um, so a, a very complete uh, ruler and. Um, yeah, no wonder they look back at him uh, with such great reverence. Um, and so all these 12 people can only really um, emulate a small part of, of, of what he did, of what God equipped him to do. So it's made me appreciate him a lot more. Um, but yeah, I've still got some more thinking to do about Samson in, in particular and his and the judges uh, as a whole and, and what God intended by them. It's a shame we don't have more information about those those other five. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm very grateful for your input. I'm very grateful for your help. And I think I'm grateful for this conversation. So if people have got questions, uh, please come back to us. I don't think we've got all the answers, but we'll, we'll give it a shot anyway. And um, have a good week and God bless you.